Hey, 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 welcome to this episode of the New Story Podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Leone Conran, up in here, making it awkward since 1983. Um, welcome, friends. Today, we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of summer solstice, the cancer season energy report. And um, I feel that this is very near and dear to my heart as a uh, cancer woman, Mars sun cancer. Um, I definitely feel, I feel good in this energy for sure. And um, I feel that um, this is such an important time for us after all of the integrating of this plutonian energy that we've been going through this transformation it's really this uh call to just nourish and nurture and create and it's very feminine energy not female uh no gendered uh expressions here feminine as in the energy of creating of being, of feeling, of chaos, of destruction. Um, and whenever our feminine is really ignited like this, uh, it's appropriate for our masculine energy, the doing, the fixing, the purpose, the drive, to really just be of service. It's here to just be of service to the feminine. Um, so this is the time to cry, to dance, to create, to laugh, and um, our all of that masculine energy of uh, the purpose-driven energy, it's just here to serve the feminine. Just here to serve the feminine right now. So um, yeah, what does that look like for you? What if your masculine perfectly served your feminine? What would that look like? Um, tuning into that. All right, let me find my notes here because as usual... I've lost them in the fray. I got too many. I got too many uh, things open on my uh, computer. Okay, here we go. All right, so I tried to record this the other day, and it just was not the right energy. Probably because we were at the end of Gemini season, and uh, my body was like, "Nope." So it wanted me to wait. So I waited, and um, today is when it felt the best to really do this energy report. I'm going to try to keep my tangents to a minimum um, and be concise about this. Um, and also to just even find it. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. Cancer season. What are we doing this season? We are creating emotional freedom. And emotional freedom isn't just the freedom to feel our feelings, it's also the freedom to feel our intuition, which comes through our sensory modes. So what we're doing by creating that emotional freedom is we're making space to actually listen to that inner guidance, that inner compass, that gut feeling, um, our primal self, you know, and um, our infinite self. So that is what we're ultimately uh, accessing through the themes of creating emotional freedom is creating this inner trust in our own intuition. 
each energy season touches us in a unique area of our lives and we all have cancer somewhere in our personal astrology. This energy report looks at the collective themes that are going to mark this period, um, which we're going to integrate on one level or another. If you're interested in learning more about your own astrology, you can book a one-on-one uh, soul astrology reading with me. You can also purchase one of my um, astro forecasts. So those are um, my personalized recorded energy reports. I look at your birth chart and I look at how the next few months are going to be facilitated for you. And then I send you like a 30 to 45 minute recording that you can listen to when you're ready, just based on everything that I see in your own chart. And yes, you can send me up to four questions uh, that go along with that reading. That is on my website um, somewhere. Where is it on my website? Let's have a look. Um, It's on my website under astrology reports. But if you want a one-on-one session with me, I offer the 90-minute soul astrology sessions remotely or in person in Kingston, New York, and those are going to be under book a session. All right, so what is going on? If you are familiar with your birth chart, take a look at your birth chart and look at the houses that are in Cancer um, and look at the planets that are in Cancer. Um, And you can also look at stuff that's you know, that is, um, what's engaging with it, you know, what's touching it, what's passing through. Um, it's going to tell you a lot about some of the themes that you can look forward to over the next month. Um, and again, for everybody, whether we have planets there or not, we feel this energy somewhere in our lives. The name for this zodiac sign, cancer, is derived from the Latin word for crab. In our day and age, due to the disconnect between humans and their emotional nature, cancer energy can really get a bad rap. You know, not all emotions we meet are of the happy variety. And we can kind of unfortunately say that, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's bad to be crabby sometimes. It's bad to be sad. It's bad to be grieving or angry or whatever. And it's just not. All of the emotions have a place uh, in our lives at, in one way or another in, and, uh, where we can, you know, go to a deeper level of healing is when we sort of tune into the narratives we might have around those emotions, but the emotions themselves are not inherently good or bad. They just are information coming through their messages coming through and they all need to be paid attention to. Um, So sometimes cancer, it's a water sign. It's highly attuned to what we understand as feelings. And I've heard its shadow side explained as like gloomy, clingy, depressed. But I personally don't think that this sign has any more um, penchant for sadness and codependence than any other sign. I think those are human experiences. But I think that cancer is more apt to show its feelings. And that is uncomfortable in a society where people want to repress emotions. So um, don't let cancer season have a bad rap for you. This is as appropriate as as any other season for us. This is part of our human experience for all of us. And it's something that needs to be integrated with wisdom as well. Cancer is a leadership energy. It's very intuitive. It's very creative. Um, Never underestimate the power of this sign. It's not just a housewife at home tidying up after their kids and, and family and shit. 
this is a, um, you know, a leadership energy. This is someone who, this is an entrepreneur. This is um, all of those energies um, that are not just that stereotypical feminine energy. This is a powerhouse feminine energy. And um, one of the uh, leadership, you know, in, in the Zodiac, there are four leadership element out of the elements. There are four leadership signs. This is the leader of the water sign, you know, and all of the signs have um, an important role to play. It's not that the leader's better than the fixed energy or the or the uh, flexible energy, but it has its own place and its own wisdom. And um, it's not to be locked away in a house um, tending the kitchen. You know, that might be a part of it, but that's not, that's not where it begins and ends. So cancer excels when it's allowed to move unconventionally, when it tunes into its true home, when it engages in sharing, that's true. But also when it's allowed to just be creative, to be free in itself, free to feel. And it can be a soft pillow to lay on, but it can just as easily be a fierce mama bear ready to protect at all costs. So we're going to see how this energy sort of facilitates through each of us. But again, you know, I would say that the reputation of cancer is so boring. <laughs> it's very boring. It's like if you read a lot of horoscopes and shit like that on cancer, it's like, oh, you're a homebody and family is everything and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Not all cancers are like that. You know, some cancers don't want to have kids. Some cancers don't want to be wives and um, caretakers in that traditional sense. Um, some uh, cancers want to be mothers in creativity, you know, um, mothers in humor, in comedy, things like that. You know, there's all kinds of ways that a cancer can um, showcase its its um, true nature. And they're not through just the stereotypical um, ways that we hear about cancer being being um, expressed. However, the connection to feeling is so important. Um, and it is important not to get bogged down in the shadow side of cancer, which might be having a narrative of uh, victimization, having a narrative um, of um, caretaking and taking over responsibilities for others when that's not your place. You know, one of the most important boundaries that cancer has to learn is when it's not your place to offer um, caretaking to others, whether that's through advice or through whatever, when it's not been asked of you to hold that space. You know, don't automatically go into that space of, um, you know, being a caretaker. People can take care of themselves and should. And I think that the best mothers are ones that guide and lead through example, not the ones that try to control and do everything themselves. All right, so today is the 21st and the sun is entering Cancer. Happy birthday, Cancer. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to my baby cousin uh, and my other cousins. I have so many Cancers in my family. All my faves are, some of my faves are Cancers. Um, and, um, happy summer solstice. 
This is the season of experiencing and connecting with your vulnerability and of providing the necessary mothering to soothe that vulnerability, to truly soothe it without trying to repress it, escape it, um, without trying to um, work it to death or, you know, uh, trying to put a Band-Aid on it. Real true inner soothing. And here's what we're not going to do this cancer season. We're not going to repress and judge our feelings, okay? But we're not going to make someone else responsible for our feelings either. And we're not going to be victimized by our feelings. And we're not going to manipulate others with our feelings. What we are going to do is claim responsibility for our own healing. We're going to embody the healer. We're going to work with others that can attune us more fully to the inner care we need. And we're going to allow feelings to be just a source of information, not good, not bad, not desirable, not not desirable, simply messages that are trying to get through to us about what is going on. When the sun is in cancer, our collective vitality is boosted by caring for ourselves and for one another. But we really do care for others when we care for ourselves first and foremost. The old adage, put your own oxygen mask on first, is what is going to apply here. We got to first be centered in self, taking care of ourselves on a deeper level before acting as a caregiver to others. There's a few steps to this season, just to the, the way to integrate this season. First, we've got to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and creating a safe container, whether that's in our relationships, in our physical home. Like we need to feel a sense of being at home and that this home that I'm in, in my body, in my space, is safe, is protected, is clear. I've taken the steps to organize it, tidy it, make it feel good to me, to clear out old energy that feels like I'm bogged down uh, from. So that's the first step. We create this beautiful container for ourselves, this beautiful home. The second step is then we can open up to ourselves of what is going on on a deeper level inside. Okay, so once we create this container for us to feel safe within, uh, then we can start to look deeper into our hearts. Okay, well, what are the feelings? What's the feelings under underneath? The third step is that we need to express those raw emotional energies. This could be done through journaling, music, art, therapy or counseling, or simply just having a good cry when you feel called. Many of us have maybe already been doing that with these Pluto shifts, so that's great. Keep on keeping on. I always tell people our connection to, be, to our emotions should be a lot like our connection to our bowels, okay? Sometimes you just take a shit. We don't put all this narrative on it. We don't feel victimized because we got to take a shit sometimes. It's the same thing with our emotions. They got to let be let out. They need expression. They need release. Um, we need to let go. And we don't need to have all this baggage associated with it. It's just part of our energy hygiene, our emotional, mental hygiene is to cry and to express sometimes. Um, so... That's perfectly fine for this season. This season is extremely important for our physical health. Our emotional landscapes, they directly relate to the level of inner stress 
and thus inflammation that our bodies are under. Stress and inflammation are the leading causes of almost any malady in the body. So you can have cancerous cells in your body. Most of us actually do. And what can turn them on is stress, is inflammation. And yes, food and our, um, you know, uh, connection to different stimulants and alcohol and blah, blah, blah. Those can all play a part in it too. But nothing plays a bigger part in it than our emotional selves and what is going on with our emotional selves. So if you find yourself feeling unwell, your emotional self needs nursing, not just the physical body. Um, and of course, we want to pay attention to both. I'm not in any way saying, don't worry about the body, just do your energy work and do your emotional work. No, we've got to do it all at the same time. We have to understand that all of this is feeding itself and look at it in a, in a holistic manner. When we allow ourselves to let the tears fall, to feel our grief, to move through it physically, we also drop the barriers that we've inadvertently created to our joy. And that's one of the bonuses to this season is when you give yourself permission to feel the good, the bad, and even the ugly, you, your life becomes fuller. It has more meaning to it. When you allow yourself to drop the barriers that repress your sadness, your grief, your disappointment, whatever it is, you also drop the barriers that you inadvertently created to joy and happiness and peace and all of the, the entire gamut of feelings. Because unfortunately, when you're repressing one emotion, you end up repressing all the emotions because it's like a highway and all the emotions are these little cars driving down it and um, they are just free, free riding down there, okay? And you can't close off the road. If you close off the road, none of the cars can get through. So we are feeling all the feelings because all the feelings need to be felt in order for us to even hone in on and feel good feelings or what we perceive as a good feeling. On the 26th of June, Mercury is going to enter Cancer. And, and a lot of these themes become more naturally um, expressed through our communication, through our minds, through our thoughts. You know, we're going to make more sense of these things that I'm saying. So when Mercury, uh, the intellect, the mind communication is in Cancer, we seem more apt to look upon the past, for sure. We're connecting the dots. Hopefully we can imbue the qualities of forgiveness and compassion into those spaces where necessary, where, where it's time to. We don't want to just try to, um, I don't think it works to blanket put forgiveness on situations that you're not ready to forgive yet. And I think that righteous anger has its place in terms of boundary making and feeling our emotions too. So it doesn't need to be that we go, oh, now is the time. It's cancer season. So I need to look back at everything that happened to me and I need to forgive it and have compassion. Well, that might be part of it, but also feeling a sense of other emotions, being in your anger, being in whatever is also just as appropriate. The one place that I think we should be applying forgiveness, though, is that we should forgive ourselves for not knowing what we thought we should know. 
Okay, so this is a time for self-forgiveness, absolutely, um, and self-compassion. And I think, you know, there's so many things that like we would do differently if we had the wisdom of today. And many of us have learned things the hard way and that was appropriate so that we would understand what was going on so that we could really get it. You know, so many of us don't get our own blind spots until we have to go through something that is more difficult, um, that really drives home the lessons. So that is okay. Forgive yourself for um, the expectation that life should be any different than how it's been in terms of like you're learning the things you need to learn in the right time. You're, you're doing things in your own time and that is correct for you. Um, Use the past as a way to create new solutions for the future, not as a way to guilt or shame yourself or others. What's done is done, and we can make different choices next time with the wisdom our experiences have given us. And that should be something that's empowering, that's not shame-inducing and make us want to crawl under a rock. It should be like, well, I'm going to make sure that I use this wisdom, and this is how I'm going to do it next time. And I feel that firm boundary within me. There's many positives when Mercury is expressed uh, properly in Cancer. So communication can be softer, more loving. We can become more active listeners too. And we've got to really be careful um, not to weaponize our feelings into words when Mercury is in Cancer. You know, use this as an opportunity to take all your relationships um, especially the one you have with yourself to a deeper level by expressing what's really going on emotionally. Um, but really tune in to where we, and we all do this in some way, where we try to make someone else responsible for our feelings and we try to blame someone else for the way that we're feeling and we try to make them do the emotional labor to work out stuff that's really our own responsibility to work out. Um, a very famous Mercury in Cancer is Donald Trump. <laughs> and I think that we all can see how that sense of victimization emotionally and that sense of emotional manipulation through language um, can really be honed in on as the shadow side of this energy. But it doesn't always have to be that way. So Mercury in Cancer... Um, we can express our care for others and it can be genuine, right? So like with Donald Trump, we're seeing a disingenuous, like using communication and your feelings to like rile people, to get people to emote, but for like themes that don't really help those people, right? That are just like all about like tuning into a victimized energy. So, but we can use this Mercury and Cancer in positive ways. We can express caring. We can really talk about how we care about one another and talk about the solutions that we can create through that mutual caring. We can talk about what one another's suffering and problems and, and um, you know, uh, where we need real nurturance and soothing in our society together. And we can also listen with this energy. So it's a time to be like very conscientious and caring, you know, and to really make space for the emotions of others um, to hold space, but to not try to fix p 
people or to try to take over the role of caretaker for people where it's not our place to, you know, where we haven't been directly asked to support and when there's no exchange there of energy going on. Um, and, you know, it's a time to just deepen our relationships and see where we connect on the level of we're all feeling so much. We're all feeling so much. And this is some, this is the human experience that really connects us. So it's a time to draw together and to see, um, you know, how we all can bring in a healthy sense of healing and um, caretaking, but that starts with self and then that is reflected out to others through our um, example. On the 30th of uh, June, and we're already feeling this now, Neptune in Pisces is going to retrograde. So Neptune's been in Pisces since 2011, and it's going to leave in 2026. It spends about five months each year retrograding. So pretty normal for most of the outer planets. They spend six months every year retrograding. Um, but a transit is different. A transit we always feel more potently. Um, the further the planet is, though, we might feel it just in a um, more abstract way. It may not be the same as a personal planet like Mercury or Mars or Venus retrograding. Um, but Neptune is known as the great ego dissolver. Um, so it's a potent transit. Um, a healthy ego is something that is necessary. If we had no ego, we would just be singing with the fairies all day, okay? which is a really nice idea, but it's like not practical for earth life whatsoever. Okay. Um, we've got to be grounded on earth in order to sustain our lives here in this earthly vehicle. Um, however, too much ego. And then we forget our spiritual life and that in turn can make our human life one of undue suffering. So we have to find our own unique and personal balance between being of this world and being connected to something more profound. Pisces is all about unconditional love and oneness. So this is a time to review how you merge with the natural order of things with your own spiritual connect practices, with nature, with source, whatever you want to call it. It's about opening up to your intuitive guidance, that inner mystic that every single human possesses, and really merging, spending time merging with it not as a way to escape the earthly life, but as a way to bring that spirit energy down into the body and embody more of that spiritual energy in your wa walking life. Spirituality is not religion, but it could be a facet of religion. Religion is made of man's limited experience and opinion. Spirituality, on the other hand, is sometimes totally unexplainable and is unique to every single person. Every person is going to experience it differently and in their own natural way. Your spirituality is how you interpret the energy of life that courses through all things and hopefully how you revere it and respect it along with working with it in ways that create beauty and love in this world. So this is a time to tune into that, to make more sense of your spiritual life, to give it a place in your walking life. If you get lost in the fog, because the veil can be thin during this time, try cleaning up some of your behaviors. Drink less alcohol, consume less sugar, drink less coffee, um, maybe abstain from caffeine totally. 
Um, take care of your physical carrier. Get energy clearing done. A clear system can do wonders for a clear mind. And of course, I am an energy practitioner and a very good one at that. So if you find that you need some deeper karmic work done, you're ready to move into an, another chapter energetically for yourself, um, maybe an energy clearing session is uh, around the corner for you. On the 1st of July, we've got the Sun conjunct Mercury, and they're both in Cancer. So when two planets are conjunct, they're superpowering one another. They're sitting on the same degree or very, very close, like within a few degrees of one another in the same sign. And they're providing, well, not always in the same sign, um, because sometimes you might have like a 29 Leo with a one, one degree Cancer. But in any case, they're sitting so close to each other that their degrees relate and are super powered and connected. Um, and when this degree of cancer is activated, it's a, it's a deep one. This is a deep degree and not, not the easiest one because it asks us to not only honor our living lives, but to acknowledge and accept the transitions we must all make as, ex, as especially our physical death. Okay, womp, womp, womp. Now this doesn't mean that we're here welcoming death on this day or pursuing it. It means that we've got to see where our fear of death can be a driving force for many painful behaviors and stressors in this life. My grandfather recently died and I traveled to England to be of support to my mother during the end of life process. Now listen, this man was 93 years old. He had health in his life. He had money in his life and he had every one of his needs taken care of and he didn't lead a life of service. He wasn't a caring individual in that way. He was very much... Um, a lucky he was a lucky guy is what I'll say anybody that gets to be 93 years old and die in their own bed is a lucky individual that is the best we could all hope for um and more power to him so in England it's not common to view bodies okay they're to be hidden away there's almost a revulsion that people have to the body uh, after death and I'm not trying to advocate for everybody looking on the dead, but I personally felt that it would be disrespectful for me to treat someone's earthly vessel like that. So my personal feeling on it was um, that a body is not something to be repulsed by. However, it is something that I felt I wanted to come to terms with a little bit more deeply. So I, as I looked upon my grandfather's vessel after he was no longer in it, I was able to attune to um, the energy of what a life is within a body and how it differentiates from the physical carrier. Um, when the life is no longer in the body, the body shifts and it's apparent that that has happened. And um, so I'm, again, I'm not saying we got to go look for dead bodies to look at during this transit. Um, but the bigger point, the symbolic point here is that we need to see where we're afraid to look upon death. Okay, where we're afraid to 
make transitions. And death doesn't have to be physical death. It could be a spiritual death. It could be a relationship death. It could be a change or the death of an aspect in us and a way of doing something, a habit that we have to make. Um, so what part of death are we, dif- are we having a hard time looking upon and really allowing ourselves to assimilate to and where are we afraid to make those transitions and can we can we tune into it and sort of observe it without it being good or bad just as information because the sad truth is that when we're afraid of death any sort of death death as the greater um word for change maybe or transition when we're afraid of that we spend our lives not in living but in not trying not to die okay and life gets wasted when we are just spending our time trying not to die so in pursuit of safety we can wall ourselves in and we can miss out on the truly beautiful aspects of being alive today is a philosophical day This transit is a philosophical one and it asks us to make adjustments where we can to truly live our life and to look at the fears that um, are, maybe they're very practical. Maybe we have a legit fear of death and it's literally just that. And maybe it's something like what I did looking on my grandfather, just coming to terms with what that experience looks like and feels like for people and how it is facilitated in the world we live in maybe it is a different kind of death but that you are living in fear of um that is more related to change and um so this is a philosophical day and it's a day to make adjustments to acknowledge and honor those fears that we have right okay i honor you by like acknowledging that you exist But how much energy am I really going to put into living the way that um, living in a way that is just me trying not to die, right? Instead, I want to be putting my energy into living to truly live, to experience what it is to be alive. On the 3rd of July, we have a full moon in Capricorn. Woo! I'm feeling my Mercury in Leo today, guys. I got to drink a little water, take a little breath. Um, Okay, on the 3rd of July, we've got a full moon in Capricorn. This point of, it's an emotional point for us, right? Because anything to do with the moon, it highlights the inner experience, the inner persona, the inner life, the feeling life. Um, And this degree talks about how You're not always going to be able to externally validate your intuitive experience. You're not always going to be able to externally validate your intuitive experience. Sometimes it can take years to fully understand the reasons behind a feeling that you had when you left a job, when you left a home or any experience you had, or an argument you have, it doesn't matter. Sometimes 
it takes a long time to integrate why you really had that feeling. It wasn't validated externally, your inner experience. The intuition is not rational. So looking for external proof to validate your own gut or internal compass is going to get you stuck. Sometimes you have to trust, simply trust, and not doubt yourself. So you've got to get the message without everything being packed in a neat little box that tells you the future, okay? And what I mean is listen to those gut feelings without going, well, I'll listen to my gut feelings when A, B, and C lines up or when I feel like I'm able to explain myself clearly or when it all makes sense to me. No, 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 no. Just listen to those feelings and gut um, messages and act upon it without all the narrative, without the explanation, without the validation. What are you not getting the message about? What comes to mind? This is a time to listen to the guidance that's been pushing you along. Around this full moon in Capricorn, it's going to become very clear to us um, that something we've got to listen deeper to. we got to really pay attention to this. And that something's going to be unique to you. So how do you use your material life to serve your creative, feeling, being self? How do you participate in building your own spiritual life into reality? How do you trust in your gut without seeing it validated externally and move forward on it anyway? These are all questions to muse on today to ask ourselves and, and some of the themes that we'll be experiencing with the full moon in Capricorn. On the 10th of July, we've got Mars entering Virgo and Mercury entering Leo. Like I said, my home sign of Leo. Um, after just a quick stint in Cancer, just a couple weeks, Mercury is going to enter expressive Leo. What a wonderful time to sing, speak, write, act, or generally pursue anything artistic. Share what your heart feels called to share. Um, as a native Mercury and Leo myself, I pride myself, which is very Leo, um, on my self-expression, whether that's through this podcast, my newsletter, my music. I like to express myself and I got the gift of gab. I can chat it up. Um, somehow, uh, I suspect that is very directly related to my Mercury being in Leo. Um, however, there is a downside to that Leo energy. Um, it can get caught up in the busybody drama, gossip, getting involved in the experience of others um, when you haven't been invited to do so. It can make a mountain out of a molehill mentally, too. It can really make a situation worse um, by uh, over-dramatizing it. You know, sometimes that drama, it's amazing for when you need to watch it on the big screen. You sometimes need to see things over-dramatized, right, to get the point. But in our everyday lives, everything doesn't need to be like main character vibes in a fucking movie, right? So we have to be like, 
uh, conscious during this energy of where we're making a mountain out of a molehill and check ourselves that we're not at the root of that and that we're not engaging in gossip and just like talking in ways that are um, not helpful at the end of the day or that only seek to um, expand on a narrative that's not helpful. Um, don't blow things out of proportion, basically. Check yourself. Am I blowing something out of proportion? You might be. And be very clear about where you might facilitate drama in your life. And, and conversely, where you are able to have a good boundary and shut that shit down. Um, Mars in Virgo, uh, which is a transit that's happening on the very same day. This is an excellent energy for working on what truly matters. It excels at paying attention to the details, organizing, rolling up our sleeves in service. You know, Mars is our action energy. So this is a great time to begin a new health kick um, because Virgo is so related to health and hygiene. This is a really good time to clear out your closet, clear out your refrigerator, make some changes, get organized in your rituals and routines around how you want to feed and nourish yourself. Um, sometimes working on admin and budget shit can be a source of self-care. If that's a place that seems very stressful and that, you know, is like a dark cloud over your experience, then maybe that's a way to use this energy is to, um, do some self-care around money and management and things like that. Mars and Virgo is really going to help us to to get organized in that way and to be it's it's naturally a communicative energy Virgo energy is so everything we do will be um will just have that extra bit of um cl clarity around our communication even um our Mars action aggression energy um if there's something that you felt you didn't have the self-discipline before now to do um, this is a great time to try to accomplish that now. You know, if you're like, oh my God, I just can't quit smoking or something like that. Try doing it with Mars and Virgo. Um, you know, this is a, there's some energy here to help us to get down to brass tacks when it comes to self-discipline. However, if you find yourself engaging in neurotic behaviors during this transit, excessive criticism, then you have too much of this Mars and Virgo energy, and you need to focus on the bigger picture as well as progress over perfection. You know, so that's asking yourself, is this a healthy concern or am I needlessly worrying? Am I applying too much perfection uh, to my process? Am I helping or am I nitpicking? So use this transit for that accomplishment, but also remember to listen to the rhythms of your body. Sometimes service to your goals looks like resting. On the 17th uh, of July, we have, we're, we're ending the season with a new moon in Cancer. So ending the Cancer season with the mooniest of moons, uh, the new moon in Cancer, this is a great time to plant seeds, set intentions, or perform actions in relation to what you want to grow or manifest over the upcoming cycle, and especially to tune into the feeling senses of manifesting those uh, intentions. 
The moon exerts a gravitational pull on Earth. It's like taking a very deep breath. And we can use this energetic pressure as a catalyst. And a new moon is about inciting in the new. Okay, a catalyst for new beginnings. Um, new emotional beginnings especially. So by the end of this cancer season, we're understanding more how to show and accept vulnerability. We're probably feeling like staying home and cuddling our loved ones through this transit, that's for sure. But this is a great time to be very honest about what you're feeling and to really surrender to those emotions physically. It's a great time to create better boundaries for yourself. You know, your feelings will tell you when you need a boundary. If you feel yourself getting frustrated or angry or something, like get a, yeah, activate that boundary. You know, someone's encroaching in your space. And sometimes that frustration or anger, anger can be a signal that that's what's going on. Of course, we don't want to project that anger outwardly at someone and start name calling and things like that. But it is a it is a appropriate to have strong boundaries and and you know say what you need to say you know um, be assertive um, let someone know that you if it's not if if something's not their business or that you don't want to discuss it or that you need some space or whatever it is um, have those uh, healthy boundaries and sometimes those less appealing feelings like like frustration and and uh, anger can help us see where we need a boundary. So pay attention to those messages. Um, this is a great time to find family harmony and balance, even if that means removing yourself from painful dynamics. So bring more acceptance to what is. Sometimes, again, bringing harmony and balance to yourself might be not engaging with a family that feels like it has poor boundaries or is uncomfortable. This is a great time to share your heart with someone that you trust and to and to have that mutual exchange of, of sharing and intimacy. And it's a great time to tune into what mother means to you and how you can better embody the qualities of mother that you need for soothing. So cancer season is really dynamic and, um, it's a season to pay attention to the rhythms of our body and the rhythms of our emotions and create that space. The one note that we want to make is that during this time, we're preparing for Venus in Leo retrograde. Okay, so Venus retrogrades every two years or so. And Mars already retrograded this year. And on those years when Mars and Venus are retrograding, those are big personal years. Those are years when on a personal level, we're making a lot of changes to the way that we are doing and seeing life um, on an individual level. And so it can be quite disruptive. Um, a, because personal planets can be quite disruptive when there's a retrograde going on. And B, it can be quite disruptive when everybody's in a sense of making some changes. So we're in the shadow period of this retrograde now. We will be. So, you know, um, we're already going to be feeling some of the effects. It's not uncommon for relationships to end or to come back together for learning or renewal during this period. Relationships that are begun during um, a retrograde, a Venus retrograde, usually have a short left, 
shelf life. They're more about a lesson that we need to integrate than a longevity. But that's not to say that a relationship formed during it can't have longevity. Um, but try not to get too attached to um, and any, any expectation um, and allow things to really progress in a natural way and to take responsibility for what you need to take responsibility for during a Venus and Leo retrograde. Um, you've got to live your life, obviously, if you meet someone and, and the connection is there, you have to follow your intuitive guidance of what it says and not live in fear. Um, but just paying attention to the, we are all under review about how we give and receive love. And a review period is a time of responsive, of self-responsibility. And just to know that Venus and Leo is not going to settle for anything less than being cherished. And there's a big change coming for all of us in opening our hearts. We've already felt the murmurs of this all month long. And during the retrograde, it's going to become even more, um, uh, visible where that plays out, right? So the love and compassion we have for ourselves, that's at the root of any issues that we might be seeing externally manifested in our relationships, in our work lives, and whatever. So have the courage to really love yourself by being your biggest champion, champion and cheerleader. Venus in Leo retrograde is really going to help us get there. So it's a positive um, thing that we're going to have. But it also is something to be aware of, just to be in your awareness of it. And sometimes the awareness just has to be, okay, this retrograde is not going to last forever. There is an end in sight. The energy will shift. That's something I love about astrology too, is that there are these pockets, these themes, and these pockets of energy that we go through. But guess what? It's going to fucking pass. It's going to pass. You know, um, sometimes on that full moon crux, it's like, ugh, like two days before you're like, God damn it. And as soon as that full moon passes, you're like, ah, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't so bad or maybe it was, but it's over now, <laughs> you know. And I think astrology really helps us to tune into those rhythms that, yeah, there are points that are very tense, very intense. And then there's relief, too. Um, so this too shall pass, my friends. Again, um, I'm an astrologer and an energy healing practitioner. If you need some support, then check out my website, www.rebeccaconran, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-C-O-N-R-A-N.com. And I offer my recorded, uh, personal energy reports under astrology forecasts, which you can order. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one sessions either over Zoom or in person in Kingston, New York. And uh, I've been doing remote sessions um, since 2017. So um, you're going to get a lot out of that even if you're not, you know, in person. It's, it's still going to be really powerful and it's still going to be the same as if you were in person. Um, so don't doubt it. It's still a great experience. Um, if I do get to see you, though, uh, I love having people in the office. So and if you're nearby Kingston, New York, um, come and see me. Even if you come up for the day on the bus from the city, it, Kingston's such a cute place to come up. There's always like musical events going on and uh, and markets and it's a really laid back, chill place. 
Um, so make a day out of it and come and experience uh, what Kingston has. Um, and I also have coming up in September now um, a retreat and it's going to be just for a few people. It's in Shokan, New York. It's on this amazing, epic, um, rolling mountain countryside. Um, it's so peaceful and you just feel like you're embodying nature by being there. It's silent. It's other than the natural sounds. It's you're up on this high mountain and you can look into this reservoir down the mountain and it's lush and green and the house is this wonderful farmhouse and um, it's a beautiful place of just like healing and in the natural elements. So there's a um, a four-day retreat coming up in September um, that I will also link in the show notes and maybe that's something for you to come and experience. Um, so... You can check out all the info for that online and I will be back soon. Um, I really wanted to put a couple of other podcasts up last month, but I was deep in my own practice um, and traveling and jet lagged and whatnot. Um, So uh, definitely that has been what the first six months of this year have been about for me. this year my birthday it's my 40th birthday and I definitely felt a big transition coming um of course it's not a physical well it does have a physical component but it has definitely been this inner transition that I'm making and just stepping into this other period for myself this other period of my life that feels really fucking exciting and um But it's taken a lot of uh, quiet time and solitude for me to really process everything that I needed to process in my own healing work. Um, But now I'm really feeling this um, exuberance and coming alive into being very much more active in my teaching role and in um, my practitioner role. So you'll hear more from me. Um, so sending you all love and, uh, if you want to check back in with this report, it's always going to be linked in my bio on Instagram, Rebecca Conran at Rebecca Conran. Um, so, you know, if you're not signed up for my newsletter, which goes out, um, the newsletter does live on both my Patreon Um, and, uh, usually it's linked in, uh, my Instagram bio. So you can always revert back, um, if you don't feel like listening to the whole podcast over again and you just want to check in with, um, some of the stuff we talked about. Which also brings me to say thank you to, uh, our Patreon supporters. Um, it, it probably brings in about $150 a month. It's really not very much. Um, but, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody that does participate in that and it's people just participating with five or ten bucks. It is very helpful um, in just the cost of um, just the basics of like how much it costs to put a newsletter out, to put out whatever. There is a cost to it and so those um, people that help support Patreon or that send a Venmo donation really do help 
support this being available um, because um, it just helps me to be able to participate in sharing. So thank you so much for doing that. And if you'd like to become a member of Patreon, you can do so um, also linked in the show notes or you can Venmo any amount at any time. Um, you know, five bucks is fine. A couple dollars is fine to at Rebecca dash Conran. Um, that also works. Um, whatever you feel like giving when you feel like giving and, um, you know, that is also about how we tune into our own rhythms of sharing. So, um, I just want to say thank you to those that, that do, um, help to support this and for everybody who's listening to send a little bit of a, of a thank you energetically to those folks too. Um, and to me, because I like your gratitude as well. <laughs> um, all right, friends. Well, I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you soon. Lots of love.